welcome back to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast, the 63rd episode to be precise. So where should I begin? Putin, 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 Putin. We are now approximately at the time that I am recording this about two weeks into the invasion on Ukraine. Two weeks where Russia has failed to fully invade Ukraine. And I want to say today or yesterday, Russia made a big no-no by bombing a maternity hospital. So essentially killing a bunch of mothers and babies and children. Kind of messed up. Now, all of the bombing and stuff that's been taking place is happening because President Zelensky of Ukraine has been begging the Western countries, us included, to declare a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which would mean anybody who's not supposed to be in that no-fly zone, that would be the Russians, can be shot down by the rules of war and engagement. Zelensky has also been calling Biden and the Western countries a coward because they have all failed to comply with this request. Why have they failed to comply? Well, because if we go in there and enforce that airspace and shoot down Russian jets, and bombers? Well, we're basically declaring war on Russia, on Ukraine's behalf. But that's not how Putin's gonna see it. And I don't know how I feel about it. You've heard me complain about the fact that I don't think we should be over in all of these countries' little conflicts if it doesn't directly affect us. It's not our job. We don't have, as the United States, a particularly close relationship with Ukraine or Ukrainians. It sucks that it's happening to a bunch of peaceful, innocent people. I don't like it. But if there's a fist fight at a bar two miles from my house between two people I don't know, I'm not going to get in my car, drive to the bar, and jump in the middle of the fight. Now I'm just risking myself over something that otherwise had zero impact on me. So one thing Biden did announce yesterday was the fact that he is turning off the imports in the United States for Russian oil. And the whole plan behind this is to cripple Russia's government and earnings by not allowing them to export oil to the United States. Guess what? We get about 5% of our oil from Russia. I don't think we're going to cripple them with 5%. I'm sure 5% isn't a little bit. It's probably still a lot, a metric shit ton of oil. But us doing that alone is not going to shut down Russia's economy. So this is just another bullshit stance for posturing to try and appear strong without actually exercising any strength. Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russell ruble. And even before making that announcement yesterday, gas prices have continued to skyrocket. I was bitching last week or the week before that prices were up to $3.70 here in central Ohio. Now by my home, all of the gas stations are $4.10. $4.10. We're on a very short trajectory to watching gas prices double over where they were when Biden took office. Not good, Biden. Not good. You're not doing enough. A pound of Ukrainian people. Go take a little nap. Little Napsky. And when you wake up feeling all refreshed, have some animal crackers and start talking to people in our country about how we can manufacture oil here. Honestly, if it meant keeping the gas prices lower here in the United States, I wouldn't care if we still got oil from Russia. We knew they were pieces of shit and that Putin was a dick before this invasion. But we've continued to buy from them. Why all of a sudden is it like, oh, now we can't do that anymore so that we can hurt? 
hurt you. It's not going to hurt them. It's going to hurt us more. And we're already hurting. It's bad parenting. It's like telling a poorly behaved child that's throwing a temper tantrum in a grocery store and punching his mother. It's like the mom saying, if you don't shape up, I'm not buying you a candy bar. It's not a punishment. He already does not have the candy bar. Can't take away something you haven't already given him yet. It's just hollow, empty threats because I guarantee you, regardless of how that child behaves during the remainder of the trip in the store, that mother is buying that kid, that piece of shit kid, a candy bar because she knows if she doesn't, the ride home is going to be a fucking nightmare. Ah! It's bad parenting and it's bad politics. I'm still wondering why someone hasn't just, you know, killed Putin. That's all we gotta do. Just kill Putin. Most of the people in that government are probably, like, just wishing he would drop dead because they don't like this conflict any more than the rest of the world. He's off his rocker. He's out of his gourd. It's scary to everyone, given that he has power and possession of over 40% of all nuclear weapons in the world. Meanwhile, back on the other side of the world, in central Ohio, so if I sound a little scratchy today, it's because I think my sinuses are getting annoyed. Not with me, but with the weather here in Ohio. On Saturday and Sunday, we were in the mid-70s both days. On Monday, it was in the 30s with strong, bitter wind gusts. It was freezing. I went through three shirts after my nipples tore right through them. And it is this weather fluctuation, inevitably, in Ohio that every year gives me a sinus infection. Right now, my sinuses are running and looking for a belt and a closet. So I'm hoping this doesn't get much worse, but I can already tell. I'm kind of on the verge. I'm a little stuffy. I was very stuffy this morning. My voice does feel a little scratchy a little dry, trying to lube it. So I apologize if I don't sound as good as I would like to, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to record an episode for you guys. You're welcome. So before we get to today's topic, I do want to mention that I finally watched the movie Dune last week. I'd planned on watching it when it was initially released because it was one of those that came out, I believe, to both the theater and HBO Max on the same day. However, I didn't get around to it fast enough and HBO Max only had it on HBO Max for a period of time. And then when I finally got around to go watch it, it wasn't there anymore. I vaguely remember the original Dune movie as a child, but not in detail. But I was curious. I wanted to watch the movie. It looked cool. So I finally got around to it because now the rental price on iTunes is pretty low. And let me tell you, not a fan. Pretty bad. There was a lot of cool visual components, cinematography, etc. But for like the first 30 minutes of the movie, I had no clue what was going on. The plot was so twisted and not really specific. I couldn't tell who main characters were because there's like 40 of them. And they also kill main characters, or at least one of them, Josh Brolin's character. I don't remember him ever actually being shown to die. He was running on like an airstrip that was being bombed with a bunch of people. Later, we saw that entire airstrip be demolished, but we never saw him again. I guess we're just supposed to assume. Also, speaking of Josh Brolin, early in the movie, he's training the main character in like a dojo with weapons, and they have these little things they put
put on their wrist, which when they push a button, it creates a shield over their body. And this way they could spar with real weapons and hit each other and not actually hurt each other because this shield would stop the weapon. However, later in the movie, during actual fighting and combat, all the soldiers from both sides all have different shields. And you you can see this because when they get hit, it kind of lights up. But now all of a sudden, a lot of them were just dying with one slash by a sword. The same swords being used in the training at the beginning of the movie that constantly hit the shield and never penetrated. So that made no sense. So Dune, I'm going to give you three thumbs down. I've grown an extra thumb just to add a third thumbs down. Also, being that it's two and a half hours long, if you haven't already watched it, I'm going to say don't waste two and a half hours of your life. Sadly, it is part one of a two-part movie set, so there's going to be more Dune coming up. Whoop-dee-doo. All right, so to the topic of today's episode, baldness and body shaming. Let me tell you why I came up with this idea for a topic. So as I've discussed in multiple previous episodes, I have been balding for quite some time in my life on primarily like the top and upper back of my head, a very common area for men to bald. There's hair there, but it's very thin. And since October of last year, I have not done anything to my hair. I've just let it grow. No trimming, no nothing. And it was getting kind of long. If I grabbed the hair on the side of my head over my ear and pulled it down, it went down to about the bottom of my ear. So a couple inches. And I got used to it. When I saw myself at home in the mirror, I didn't mind it. I didn't care. I didn't think it looked bad. And I kind of liked taking a bit of a stance against the societal expectation and norm for what beauty is. However, a few days ago on Sunday, I was involved in a music show at a venue, and I knew I would be carrying equipment from a vehicle across a parking lot into the venue, and the wind gusts that day were supposed to be 25 to 30 miles an hour. Now, I have worn a hat every single minute that I have been in public since October, because while I don't mind how it looks in a mirror, I know what other people think. And I thought maybe I can just use the hats for now. And then as it gets longer, maybe I can start feeling better with taking the hat off because I can style it a little more. But I was so panicked that having both hands full holding equipment, a wind gust would pick up and rip my hat from my head. And yeah, especially if the hat blows away so far that I'm never getting it back. Now I'm screwed for the rest of the day. Walking around, looking like a before picture for the hair club for men. Additionally, last week I was listening to a Sirius XM radio show that I listened to, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Huge fan of the show, but Sam Roberts had been kind of thinning on top, and I want to say it was late last year, maybe. He just finally shaved his head for the first time, and he was so happy that he did, and they were talking about 90 Day Fiance, and apparently how this season there's some guy who wears a hat all the time, and his fiance, in a fit of anger or maybe during an argument, rips the hat off of his head exposing his horrible baldness. I've not seen this, but then they continue to talk about how, why would you do that? If your head looks like that, why wouldn't you just shave it? And I know that shouldn't bother me, but it did because I know that's what society expects. If I walked around without a hat on just last week before I shaved it, everyone around me would be seeing my head standing behind me in line at Kroger thinking, dude, seriously, why? And the main reason why was I don't care. I'm not trying to impress anyone. Not trying to date anyone. I can just wear hats and be okay. 
and save money and time on shaving and razors. I will say that, you know, I was disappointed in myself a little bit by shaving my head because I feel like I had caved to societal expectations. But on the flip side, the fact that I never left the house for almost five months without a hat on my head covering the baldness, well, I guess that's just as embarrassing and disappointing as shaving it. It's the same thing. Honestly, growing it and wearing a hat might almost be worse because now I'm falsely creating an illusion that I had hair. I did, just not in a societally acceptable way. And while there are a few male celebrities that have managed to get away with the balding look like Jack Nicholson or John Malkovich, which I was kind of hoping as I grew it out, I could get it to look kind of like the way their hair was because it looked fine to me in pictures and they're confident walking around like that and no one cares. But overall, from male celebrities that have baldness happening, it is very common for them to go to the shaved head. Very, very common because they want to maintain a level of attractiveness, like Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, Bruce Willis, Howie Mandel, Stanley Tucci, Samuel L. Jackson. There's a lot of them. Woody Harrelson has also shaved his head many times, but I will say that he often does let it grow out a little bit. And while on anyone else in the world, it would look stupid. Maybe it's because he's a celebrity. He gets away with it and it doesn't look bad, but it just sucks because of societal expectations and finger quotes norms when it comes to beauty and attraction and fashion and style. But speaking of Hollywood and celebrities, there is a lot of hypocrisy regarding the idea of body shaming or body positivity because a lot of the people that are out there trying to say I stand for body positivity are people like Kendall Jenner, who essentially has her body manufactured by science and plastic surgery. The amount of plastic surgery going on out there is insane. People don't even look like themselves anymore. They don't realize that they're looking worse. We can all tell, Jennifer Aniston, that you've had a lot of work done. It doesn't look good. You would be hotter with the wrinkles. That's my opinion, but I don't like the ridiculous amount of Botox, lips, noses, tits, hair extensions. It's just gotten out of control. I will say that one movie I think did a great job with kind of spotlighting the societal expectations and beauty norms was Shallow Hal with Jack Black. He's basically a guy who really wasn't fit to want to be with hot chicks, but he was still super judgmental and only wanted to date hot chicks that were out of his league. So he was put under a little bit of a hypnotic spell so that he would see the beauty in people and now he would start seeing what we consider to be unattractive or overweight people and they would be super hot to him. The super hot people would be extremely ugly. And as we all know, if we really accept reality, that is oftentimes the case. But it's kind of like the durian fruit that I mentioned in my episode, Ooh That Smell. Can't you smell that smell? The durian fruit is one of the stankiest fruits in the world. Probably smells like a rotted out homeless man's asshole. But apparently inside there is a very sweet, delicious, custard-like filling that can be eaten raw or is commonly used in certain regions of the world in desserts. So just because something on the outside has what we would consider to be unappealing attributes does not mean that what's on the inside is not amazing. But we never give people that chance. It's like Tinder or 
dating apps where people immediately, just based on one quick profile picture in about one second, decide, nope, that's fucked up and incredibly judgmental and a result of our societal expectations and beauty norms. But Hollywood has gotten so used to just typecasting all of the beautiful people into pretty much all of the roles, especially the romantic ones. Like a perfect example would be Melissa McCarthy, a very funny, talented actress. I don't know her personally, but hey, there's a chance that she's just also a very beautiful person inside. But try to think about roles or movies she's been in where she's ever been cast as a romantic lead, despite her success and fame. She's always in a comedic role. The only exception to this rule that I know of would be the TV show that she did, Mike and Molly. I never watched the show, but I remember it being on. It might still be on for all I know. But she was cast in a romantic role with a significant other who was a large overweight man. So basically saying if we're going to put this fat chick as a romantic interest, we got to make it real, guys, because no way could a attractive man find a heavier lady attractive. Bullshit. It happens all the time. In fact, I am the type of guy who would much rather prefer a little meat on the bones than skinny. But Melissa McCarthy aside, just try and think about movies or TV shows in general and how they are just totally stereotyped all of the roles with beautiful people. Whether whether it's an action star who's ripped with a chiseled chin or a doctor on a medical TV show who's just super hot. If Hollywood and celebrities want to say that they take a stand against body shaming and for body positivity, well, maybe quit casting only beautiful people in 99% of your roles. And then when you do finally cast someone who's overweight or unattractive based on societal expectations and beauty norms, don't just put them in some comedic role. Or when it's not a comedic role, they usually highlight the weight struggles with that character. So they're still just pointing out, you're fat. A perfect example of this would be Kate Pearson, the daughter character in This Is Us. She struggles with her weight. You see her at different stages of her life, and she is a large woman as the adult actress, but her struggles with her weight are definitely a character arc or a plot line in many of the episodes. Meanwhile, pretty much every other actor or actress on the show is beautiful and fit by societal expectations and beauty norms. The only character that is that exception would be Kate's husband. Because we gotta make it realistic. Shame on you, Hollywood. Shame on you, This Is Us. Hollywood and the media, they are the expectation setters. I don't think there should be expectations to begin with, but they are the ones driving these expectations. So if they truly want something to change, they need to be way more diverse and representative of real people. Because the average person in this country does not look like the average person in a movie or a TV show. I know we kind of watch shows and movies from a fantasy perspective and being in a world that's not identical to the one that we live in because that gives us a kind of escape doesn't make it right. So another way that shaming takes place in our society would be with fashion. Everybody wants to wear the current trends and labels. I mean, that's got to be the only reason why bedazzled jeans ever became a thing, even with men. Every time I saw some dickhead walking down the street with his jeans that had this bedazzling going around the back pockets, I wanted to travel back in time and really try and talk his mom into an abortion. All right, that was harsh. Kidding. But douchebag. Granted, I can't really blame that person that much because they're just following the trends. They want to be accepted, just like me buzzing my head. I am not immune to this, people, but I will tell you, I never, ever, 
ever bought bedazzled jeans, nor did I ever consider it. Look at some of the ridiculously priced designer stuff. Like ladies, you'll know this, Louis Vuitton, right? Louis Vuitton, the famous designer primarily of like handbags, purses, clutches, things like that. They do sunglasses and apparel, I'm sure. I don't know what all Louis Vuitton does. I'll be honest, for a long time, I didn't know the difference between Louis Vuitton and Louboutin, the shoes. I thought it was the same thing. It sounds so similar, and they're both crazy overpriced bullshit. Speaking of Louboutin, let me tell you I did a little research, and a men's black Louboutin high-top sneakers costs about $1,300. $1,300 for high-top sneakers. For $1,300, those sneakers better arrive on my doorstep with a hooker in them. Louis Vuitton, the handbag maker, I looked up on there like what, what, like the cheapest, smallest thing they sell. They have a wallet about the same size as a men's bifold wallet. It's going to hold a little cash and a couple of cards. That's it. $630. Their purses, which weren't huge either, over three grand. Stupid. If I spent $3,000 on a purse, I wouldn't have anything to put in it. But it really is dumb how people waste so much money on something that they could get for a 20th of the price and does the same thing. Going back to when I was a kid and I'm dating myself, it was all about like guest jeans and swatches. Swatches were awesome, I loved swatches. All these varieties of different cool looking watches. And then you'd get this little extra thing that you could strap around the face of the watch that was like a rubber protector so that if you banged it against something, you wouldn't fuck up your swatch. But yeah, everyone wanted guest jeans. Gotta have that little triangular logo on the butt with the question mark in it. Otherwise, you're a loser. Just like when I was in middle school, there was a girl who came to school and didn't really have designer clothes or fashion, and the kids called her, hopefully not to her face, but they called her Odd Lots Annie because they thought that she got all of her clothes from like the bargain bin at Odd Lots. Now we have Big Lots now, but back then there was Odd Lots and Odd Lots was a place where you could go buy stuff that was flawed a little bit and they couldn't actually sell it at like a regular Kmart or a department store. So they would take that stuff, send it to Odd Lots and Odd Lots would sell it at a significantly reduced price. And it might mean that you were getting almost like a designer sweater, but it had like a little dot of ink on it or some imperfection. Oh, oh. George, this is beautiful. Is this mm. cashmere? Of course it's cashmere. Hey. Oh, I love cashmere. Oh, who doesn't? God, George, this must have cost a fortune. Ah, money. Oh, <laughs> God, Jerry, how could you let him spend so much money? I tried to stop him. <laughs> What's that red dot on your sweater? <laughs> Odd Lots pretty much went away and now has become Big Lots. But yeah, that poor girl being dubbed Odd Lots Annie just because she didn't wear guest jeans or swatches. Shame on you, society. Shame on you. And let's not forget that nowadays most fashion is actually designed to accentuate parts of your body that you want to accentuate or to hide parts of your body that you want to hide. So this just contributes further to the body shaming mentality. It's like they say if you're overweight, don't wear horizontal stripes. Wear vertical stripes. It makes you look slimmer. It's an optical illusion. Or when they came out with the Wonder Brawl. 
which would take any average saggy pair of tits and make them look like a supermodel. That's false advertising. I will tell you that I get the majority of my clothes from Target. I don't care. I don't give a shit about labels, bedazzled jeans. I'm a little particular about my shoes. I'm an Adidas fan. I pretty much buy Adidas, but I tend to buy the cheaper Adidas shoes. Not going to spend hundreds of dollars on a pair of shoes that I'm just going to stick my feet in and stank up. Can't you smell that smell? So the last category I could think of when it came to shaming in this regard would be what I'm calling asset shaming. So this would be things that you own, but you don't necessarily wear or obviously aren't part of your actual appearance, like your car. Yeah, we all want to have a nice new fancy car that has that new car smell, all the high-tech gadgets. But if you're driving a hoopty and nothing is wrong with the car, well, first off, when you're in the car, it doesn't matter how janky your car looks on the outside. You don't have to look at it. Everybody else does. You don't. But if the car gets you from point A to point B, who cares? And there's a good chance that you're probably saving money on $4.10 a gallon gas with your hoopty than the person who just bought a Hummer. Speaking of Hummers, those are dumb. A Hummer is a military vehicle. It was a Humvee in the military. And then for some reason, someone had the brilliant idea to turn the Humvee into the Hummer, which is the commercial version for consumers. I cannot think of any reason, unless you're relocating to the war-torn region of Ukraine, why anyone, anywhere, at any time, would need a Hummer. It is stupid. It's all just status symbol. That's all it is. It's no different than a set of fake tits. Also, just want to point out that Hummer is a slang term for a blowjob. So great choice on your auto purchase there, tough guy. You're driving around town in a blowjob. Houses, of course, we all want a nice house. But what is a nice house? Technically, a nice house is a house that the roof doesn't leak, the doors close and lock, and you have a place to put all your shit and sleep. That's it. Again, how your house looks on the inside and outside, for the most part, unless you're hosting gatherings and parties multiple times a week, doesn't matter. It only matters to you. It is a functional purchase, not aesthetic, but we've gotten to a point where it's become more about the aesthetics than it has about the function. Phones and watches, kind of going back to swatches, I guess that's not as much style though, because again, watches nowadays, smartwatches have become more of a functional thing. I was a purchaser of the very first Apple Watch. I kind of needed to be a first adopter because of my job at the time and the line of work that I was doing. Owning that watch actually helped me with testing at my job, but for a long time, people weren't adopting the Apple Watch or the smartwatch philosophy. Nowadays, damn near everyone is wearing a smartwatch. I still have one. It's not the newest generation. It's not the first one that I bought, but it's not the newest generation, but I'm kind of growing tired of it. It seems super convenient and cool, but it's almost a bit of a nuisance at times. Like, I'll be up playing a gig, and if I don't turn my Do Not Disturb on my watch, I'll be in the middle of a song, and then my wrist will start vibrating because someone's trying to call me. It's annoying. So the time might be coming where I actually move away from a smartwatch. But phones are the same way. I mean, we got everyone's got to have the new phone, even though it doesn't do really anything different than the last one. Regardless, here's $1,300. Thank you for giving me two new features. You know, for that $1,300, you could have kept your old phone and gone and bought yourself a pair of Louboutin high-top men's sneakers. Hooker not included. Another thing would be like, 
like TVs or computers, tablets, software that you use. Everyone wants to have the newest, the greatest, the 4K, the ultra-high-def 4K, and a lot of it is just status symbol. It's not so much when I'm talking about the assets, it's not so much shaming directly, but by wanting to have the best possible thing out there and make sure that everyone sees you in the best possible thing, again, it's kind of shaming in reverse by default. It's like fake tits. If you get fake tits, you are kind of inadvertently shaming those people whose tits might be smaller or less perfect or a little saggy after childbirth. And then, of course, all of those people that are feeling shamed are wondering, maybe I should get some fake titties. I can't afford to buy a blowjob car, but I think titties are like half the price. So that's all I really have to discuss on this topic. I don't have a point to make. As you guys know, with a lot of my episodes and a lot of my topics, I'm just trying to get you guys to think. I want society to get a little better. I'll take a little. I don't even need a lot. I want a lot, but I'll take a little. We have societal expectations and norms for beauty, but we are part of that. We are kind of propagating all of those ideas by adhering to them. I guarantee you if no one bought bedazzled jeans in the first six months that they were introduced to the market, they would have just stopped making them and pulled them because they'd have been like, all right, that was a bad idea. On to the next ridiculous pair of jeans. We do have a lot of control to dictate what that societal expectation is. Yes, we have media, magazines, Hollywood, movies, TV that are constantly putting in our faces what we think life should look like. But don't forget, we also know those are escapes from reality. Those aren't reality. Quit trying to make reality like a scripted TV show or a film or a photoshopped magazine photo shoot. Give people a chance. Maybe there's someone who's interested in you romantically and you're thinking, eh, not necessarily my cup of tea. She's a really nice person, but that knows. But let me assure you, I have dated some very attractive people who by the end of that relationship, boy, were they some of the ugliest people I had ever met. And I mean that from a physical perspective as well. That inner ugliness that I discovered over time started to cast itself on their actual outward physical beauty. The same can be said for what you would consider less than attractive. Over time, finding a beauty inside of that person will cast that beauty on that person's outward physical appearance. So give people a chance. Don't judge. Alright, so thank you guys for tuning in. I wanted to let you know I have not yet deleted my TikTok account. I will be doing that soon. I tried to do it through the app, but apparently they won't let you do it through the app. So I'm going to have to log in through my computer to delete my account. That's bullshit. But don't worry, I will follow through. However, if you would like to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter at JeffBecomesJeff. Thank you all for tuning in every week. I appreciate it so much, and I love seeing all the new cities and countries pop up every week of listeners that are starting to discover the show. Please share this with a friend. If you follow me on social media and you see me post a link about the weekly episode, please share that as well. And always remember that new episodes are released every single Monday. Yay! Until next time, I'm Jeff. What's that red dot on your sweater? Jeff.
to the devil and I prayed And I showed him the mess that I made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire And said can you turn the heat a little higher Cause I've been burned and I've been burned a million times over But he just covered me with water So I went to the Lord I've been winding, but now 